welcome to our webinar on what to consider when negotiating a new job offer. Thank you for joining me. My name is Beata Drogovic. I'm the founder of Freedom Chair Financial. What we are noticing with our clients that some of you might be forced to leave a position. Many of you are in transition for a longer period of time. No matter what, it is important uh, to reinforce that negotiations is very important and we will talk about it why um, and I, I think some of some of it is is even obvious with that said um, a little very briefly about ourselves freedom chair financial is an independent firm wealth management and financial planning firm we are based out of boston and we are a national firm. We have clients all over the US. We have a wide range of clients from pre-retirees to retirees, individuals, couples, and, and many of you uh, who have equity compensation packages. And we try to help our clients maximize the benefits of that, how to integrate that equity compensation package with their financial planning and investment management strategies. So as for today's agenda, what we will be talking about today is we're going to discuss what is negotiable and in when is the best time uh, to negotiate. We will review some action items uh, as it comes to a job termination checklist. I will be then talking about the very briefly, we'll talk about the most common equity compensation awards that you are negotiating for. Um, I will show you how we help clients negotiate for more equity using a forfeit value calculation. And then after that, we'll just wrap up by once more reiterating the importance of including involving your equity compensation in your overall financial plan. All right. So in my opinion, there is really no reason to negotiate. I know that many of you on this call, I saw the registrants are from the biotech industry and probably from on different levels. With that says there are, again, really no reason not to negotiate. And the three main reasons to never skip negotiation when accepting a new job is because you have the most leverage uh, when you are hired. The prospective employer will always assume that you are going to negotiate. And your salary and many other benefits that you are negotiating for will actually really impact your future financial health. So. Um, Obviously, as an advisor, in from my perspective, in order to have a successful negotiation, you really would like to think about where you stand financially right now and what kind of near-term and long-term financial goals you have. And that should dictate your negotiation strategy. And we will be talking about that all along, what I mean under that. In certain cases, you might need cash flow as you are leaving a job and exercising current stock options. You have to pay higher taxes. Or, and in those cases, you might just want to ask for higher for a higher sign-on bonus or base salary. In certain cases, you might have intermediate financial goals that will require, again, for you to have a strong base salary. And then in certain cases, when you're just really thinking about longer-term financial goals, you believe in a company, um, majority of the companies, again, offer equity choice, meaning for many, many years, you could not have a decision upfront whether you would like certain type of equity grants, let that be options or RSUs. Now, especially in last year's job market, we see that came up coming up again. And then past vesting is another, another negotiation tool. Sorry about that. Last year, we've seen larger companies offering not just new prospecting employees, but also their current employees, keeping their current employees past the vesting of RSUs. So those are the things that you want to think about. 
size of the equity grant is always something that you can also negotiate upfront. And I'm mentioning here severance package. And again, I have to point out VP and C-level roles when you can start negotiating severance package. Usually the, you need an employment attorney uh, for, for sure at, at that level. And most importantly, the two, two important things as it comes to your equity compensation is accelerated vesting of options or extended period of time to exercise options once you let go or you leave the company. Those are the two things that I find very important as it comes to a severance package and, and uh, negotiating that. So as, as I mentioned on the previous side, uh, slide, it is obviously the type of role that you are applying for will determine the leverage you have for negotiations. No one should sk skip negotiations. I will again reiterate, because even in director level, I've seen um, folks, especially with private companies where there's more opportunity, receive higher grants. So always negotiate, but the type of role will definitely uh, uh, pretty much dictate the leverage you have. Um, again, many of you are in the biotech sector on this call, so understand the industry, understand you are, you know, it's, it's a tight net um, industry. There are many online resources that you can use to research uh, base salary, equity compensation packages, but also use your contacts to understand and be in picture um, as it comes to size of the uh, of the grant. And then we're talking about uh, about this. I will I will come back to this in a minute. So the stage of company, uh, whether it's a private company, public company, again, will will different. You know that will make a difference how you negotiate. In a private company, most of the time, you, you as, as it comes to equity, you are going to only get probably stock options. They will offer you probably with some many cases bit lower uh, salary if you're going to a larger company, company to a smaller one and a large equity grant. And as the company goes pre-IPO. They might introducing RSU restricted stock units as well. What's important here is, for, as I mentioned, that yeah, they are offering you a large uh, grant in in a private company. Is know the valuations of the company. So a private, a large grant can mean a lot of things, and there's a lot of uh, phases that this company will go through. But if you do decide to go to a private company, understand the 409 valuation, be knowledgeable. What is actually the share price? Uh, what you are receiving. And again, make financial decisions based on your financial situation, um, always, as I mentioned before, and you will keep hearing me repeating that all the time. So, so here also what I wanted to mention is that in my experience, and I've been helping clients out of need, they came to me how to help them negotiate new offers. And I, my experience is always that human resources will actually tell you what is negotiable. So I highly recommend once you reach to this point, they will give you the first offer, understand your own situation, and then probably they will tell you um, base salary, we can go higher on base salary, I, and we can go higher on equity comp, and you can get more uh, options and RSUs, I, or they might tell you those two or three. I always recommend that, again, based on where you stand financially, what's more important to you at the current moment, pick two, and obviously you're not going to be able to negotiate four or five different things, but pick the two to three most important that that's most important to you and, and uh, use that. Again, more leverage for higher the demand for your job, obviously for your talent, skill, and also for the role that you are uh, applying for. 
will determine a lot of things. So I want to, as for one slide, I want to go back to, you know, I'm not sure if any of you um, experienced a layoff lately, but if you are changing jobs or you were let go, uh, you know, there's a lot on everyone's mind as you wrap up work and, and you know, try leaving your employer and potentially even prepare for a, a new role. I see a lot of clients just let very important uh, benefits related decisions just fall by the wayside. So that that's why I always recommend to meet with a human resources specialist and discuss all the benefits that you are entitled to have when leaving a company. A lot of people make the mistake that they don't do this. And I think it's very important. If you can, again, that's not on this slide, very important that you apply for unemployment benefits. Don't leave that on the table as well. But most importantly, what, for, what I believe is, is very important is protection. So we, we can't do too much without our health. So provide, look at health insurance. Do you need to go uh, on COBRA? Do you need to potentially, it is less cheaper to get private health insurance? Can you go on your spouse's coverage? So these are the things that you need to think about. Most In most cases, you will lose disability coverage and you have to, if you don't have your own individual coverage. And if you need life insurance, you have kids, you have a mortgage, or in general, you just need to keep your life insurance. That's something good to, good to check whether your current life insurance is portable. Again, you review your qualified retirement plans, such as 401ks, 403bs. Uh, in certain cases, you are always entitled to keep the vested balance, as you know, in a 401k. And you have multiple options with that. You can leave the funds in the current plan if you don't mind that nobody is uh, watching over it or potentially you are. You can roll it into your new employer's plan and you can also roll it into an IRA. So there's multiple options there. And, and again, if you have different compensation plan, make sure that you know the rules, ask human resources, your time frame, what you need to do with those as well. So um, I have a quick uh, quicker, um, com um, compliance slide for, because I mentioned to you 401k rollover. So, so that's, that's, that's a slide for that. So I would like to go into a little bit uh, more detail into equity awards, because that's where I see also mistakes uh, being made. Uh, once you're leaving the company. First of all, know your plan documents at all times, not just when you are leaving uh, a company, review your plan documents. You, for example, if you have options, understand what kind of options you have. I will touch base on that in a minute. Uh, incentive for non-qualified stock options, different taxation rule that you have to worry about. If you exercise them, there's going to be taxes um, uh, affected. Usually you have 90 days to exercise options. So know that. Um, and, and make sure that you don't run out of time. Again, you can exercise these options if they are in the money, meaning the grant price is higher than the current market price. Unfortunately, in the last few months with this kind of market environment, that's not always the case. And even though I mentioned that you should negotiate for severance at higher, and even if you are not in necessarily a C-level role, but a director, VP-level role, and I always recommend, I, we've just done a few of these with clients, I recommend asking for extended time period to exercise. It's really private companies that will allow you uh, in most cases, that's where I have experience. And what that means is that in a private company, there is lack, lack of liquidity. So you actually come up with your own funds to exercise these options. And if you don't have this problem now, you might have down, down the line. So if, you, if the company allows you for extended time period, you might have a year to pay for these exercise 
for this exercise other than you know better than uh, three months right so definitely that's something that that i would recommend for you to watch you probably want to be bullish about the company again there's no liquidity you don't know what's going to happen to that private company so so understand that and then going back to my second point here rsu's restricted stock units unfortunately all the invested grants are lost there so there's not too much you can you can do in that case so one one thing you can do and that's why we also as i mentioned we do these webinars early in the year many of these rsus vest in th third quarter some of them in april for certain clients so many cases if you leave try to time your your you leaving a company that that you're as much as possible as, as your rsus are vested so you can bring with you as, as much equity as possible so let's review the most common grants that you are going to be negotiating for um first of all stock options incentive and non-qualified stock options restricted stock units and restricted stock i want to uh, talk about the two because i see a lot of mistakes there and you usually don't um, negotiate for performance shares, but I, but I want to bring it up because I'm going to give you some examples where I've seen people making mistakes there, and I thought it could be useful for for all of you. Performance shares, you it's a part of your long-term incentive plan. So usually at the beginning of the um, when when you are when you are negotiating starting a new job, you don't negotiate for that. At least not in my experience. So what are these three uh, grants uh, briefly? So a stock option probably many of you know so i will just go through this quickly it gives you the right to buy a company stock at a certain price which is the grand price beginning on a certain date at the best date in the future after your stock options vest you have the time you have the option to exercise these options obviously it has to be in the money in order for you to exercise so grand price has to be higher than the current market price Restricted stock units and restricted stock is basically just both of them, a transfer of company stock from the employer to an employee based on a vesting schedule. When RSUs vest, this is what you probably see most of the time, uh, the value of the grants is taxed, it's ordinary income, compensation income. The same is actually with the restricted stocks, but the shares are issued upfront and you do, do not own them outright but as restrictions lapse at vesting, that's when you finally own the shares. So the major difference between these two is the 83B election. And, and that is an interesting and, um, and, and interesting tax benefit, but it also could be risky. So the IRS allows you only with restricted stock to have 30 days at when it's granted to you, you have 30 days to pay taxes on the grand price versus waiting for the vesting to pay taxes, ordinary taxes, uh, just on on your on your vested amount. So either the the entire amount what's granted upfront, you pay for it. You have thirty days to make this election. Obviously, if you believe that the stock will take off, then this is a very beneficial tax benefit. If by any chance the stock price is lower when it vests, when actually the, the, the restricted stock vests, then you obviously paid taxes on a higher amount and you can't uh, recover that. So this is something that can be very beneficial and at the same time risky. But I also bring this up because I probably yet to meet a client who actually sees this on their statement that they have restricted stock. So watch out for this. Uh, it, it's, it, this is probably one of the main differences. 
And then performance shares um, are usually, again, not granted upfront, but they are part of your long-term incentive plan. They are tied to meeting a specific future goal, as you probably know it, because many of you work in, 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 these, uh, in the industry, biotech tech. So it's, it's basically based on a pro, pro, profit target or total shareholder return, so multiple things, but each unit has an added value and invest investing I see is it gets paid in cash or stock in a, or a combination of two. And, and what's great about it that they can offer actually more than 100% of target pay. So they're very much structured those, those uh, RSUs, but they can be actually more beneficial if performance targets is exceeded what the company um, set out to be, you actually have uh, a more beneficial, it can be more beneficial than RSUs. So the taxation of these um, stock options and RSUs, let's talk about this before I go into forfeit value and how to leverage your benefits to negotiate new offers. So let's just quickly go through this. I have a feeling many of you might know um, some of these taxations by now. So restricted stock units, no uh, grant, at, at grant there's no, no tax event, no holding period, simply when vest, you pay ordinary income. Uh, tax accountant in most cases recommend that you sell RSUs, especially if you have options as well. It's it's your decision. There's it, it will depend on your own financial uh, plans and financial situation. But if you do hold uh, the stock, then obviously you have to wait a year for long-term capital gain taxes if the stock goes up, or you can write off losses if it if it went down. Non-qualified stock options and ISOs, so options. At grant, there's no tax event. As it comes to non-qualified options, there's no uh, holding period required. You pay ordinary income on the difference between the grant price and the exercise price. Again, if you do decide to hold one year for long-term capital gain taxes. ISOs, incentive stock options, there's more rules around ISOs than, um, than on this uh, slide but our presentation today is not about uh, taxes really. You do have a holding period. You in order for you to qualify for preferential tax treatment, you have to hold one year from exercise date and two years from grant date. No regular tax at exercise, but the difference between the grant price and the exercise price is a AMT preference item. And if by any chance you don't uh, keep the holding period, it automatically becomes a non-qualified stock option. So it's called a disqualifying disposition. And many folks make that mistake. So with that said, once we, now as we reviewed those, those grants, so, so just a little refresher, let's see you know, how you can really leverage current benefits to negotiate new offer. And the first step I want to uh, mention is that consider multiple things for your new offer. So, so I, you know, re you review the benefits in detail, understand what is that most important to you. I mentioned that I will say this a few times, understand intermediate goals, long-term planning. You know, uh, the offer will be very different if, or if you are going for a larger firm to a smaller firm. But here is just an example how I like to put it together for clients so they know what is that that they can expect. Salary, sign-on bonus you want to think about. Annual target bonus will depend on, again, how you negotiate your base salary. Initial stock grant, RSU grant, in most cases, 25% of that will vest after a year. And then after that, on an annual basis or quarterly or monthly basis, there are there is vesting. 
if, for example, 401k match, you are receiving a really good 401k match right now, that might be very beneficial for you that you also want to watch out for. Is there a 401k match in your in your in your new company? And then long-term incentive plan. You can you can uh, inquire about that uh, at higher, but really the potential first grant what you are going to see is going to be after a year, after a year, two years. And then many of us want to live a work-life balance, so so many other factors will probably such as uh, vacation days and so on will will actually matter to many of you. So know your current benefits as that's the basis for negotiations. So let me. Um, just give you here a list and, and you can see this here. Understand the current, everything that what you have right now, so you are able to compare to the new uh, to the new uh, job and for the, your new offer. Know your vested options, understand all documents. I'm repeating my, myself, any other incentives that's important for you, 401k plan match. And this is where it comes in. Take inventory of your non-vested benefits, unvested RSU stock options, current long-term incentive plans. And I will tell you why I'm bringing that up. And all this will help you calculate the forfeit value of the grants for you to be able to negotiate a new offer. So what I would like to do here is give you actually a real life example. I changed numbers around. This was in the last few years. One simple example, and it's a very simple way for me to show you how we used it was a it was someone who was leaving a job and 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 looking for new offers. The job market was not as tight uh, as right now. It was there was a huge demand. At the same time, again, use use negotiations as a, as a tool every time. So the example here is how you're looking at it and how people are making mistakes around, around how to negotiate for more equity and what they are leaving behind. In this example, we have vested RSUs. That's already yours, 200,000 uh, approximate value. The current vested options are around half a million. So total current equity grant that you are definitely leaving is 700,000, right? So that's coming with you, what I mean, is not leaving behind. It's you, you already have that. Consider here taxes because exercises options, RSU's ordinary income. Again, depending on what kind of options you are receiving, there's, there, is, there are tax consequences. So on the other end, on the right side, you can see that the current unvested RSUs and stock options in this example that I'm giving you is 300,000. So for a lot of people, you know, question, okay, so 300,000 is what I'm leaving behind. Should that be the base for what I'm negotiating with the new company? And obviously, you know, that's not the case. So that's why I'm mentioning it to you. But before I go there, I mentioned that I will bring up long-term incentive plan. Here, I need to give you, a, 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 again, a real-life story. And if either of you are with larger firms that stock price might not be let's assume it's a public company stock price does not move too much but you do get a very solid long-term incentive plan in this case let's assume 150,000 per year which vests every three years i'm not discouraging anyone to not move to a new job but understand again where you stand financially let's assume you are two to three or four years away from retirement and by any chance you are not you are not sure you are not comfortable just yet you don't know just yet whether you will be able to live a retirement that you want to live in those cases it might be beneficial to consider this and and be able, and stay at a company that offers you such benefit again in the biotech sector i've seen examples someone leaving large pharma with some serious long term incentive plan 
taking a chance on a small biotech that had tremendous potential that unfortunately did not necessarily materialize. So all I'm saying is know your time frame and take these uh, factors into consideration because long-term incentive plan, especially uh, a more lucrative one, will not come from smaller companies. So this is something, something for you to think about. And then, so how do we look at what is the actual forfeit value of your current grant? So again, this was a real life example, and you can see it right there that the actual forfeit value of the benefits was actually more than half than, than what were the unvested grants. And we use, um, a, your, your company use Black Shores models, probably Black Shores valuations for stock options. We use the same, we use actually a stock after software, which is an equity compensation software that helps us organize our clients' equity compensation, when they should be exercising options, and so on. So, so this uh, software calculates the forfeit value of these pre-tax equity comp grants. It, it actually enables stock plan, plan participants to understand the real value of their company stock. And as you can see it here, the, the stock opters forfeit value actually calculates a few things. So the time value of the vested uh, stock options, here, what, not to get too technical, but the, but time value refers really to the portion of the your options premium that is due to the amount of the time remaining until the expiration. So the longer the time till the expiration, there's more value there. Then there is the full option value of your invested options. So it's not just the current market price minus the grant price, but there is time value and intrinsic value there as well and then the intrinsic value of the restricted shares. So I could not do this. I'm pretty sure there are other ways to figure this out. We use this software, which is very, very useful and um, definitely gives clients a really good target what they should be negotiating for going to the, going to the new role. And again, leverage. So if you are going for a, for a, from a VP to C-level role, you will probably get even more uh, shares then this forfeit value shows, but it gives you a very good um, target. So as I mentioned, and feel free to, if there are any questions, please let me know. So revisit your financial plan um, before you would be doing anything else. And what I mentioned by mentioning it is that rather letting your equity compensation drive your financial circumstances, I always say flip that around uh, on its head define your life goals, educating children, achieving desired lifestyle, retirement planning, financial independence, and let those goals drive your stock option or restricted stock decisions, right? So I always bring this up and, and why is that a restricted stock RSUs will be always a sure benefit. Um, at vesting, you will receive the stock. Options have way more upside leverage, but they are much more riskier. So understand what's important for you work with professionals to create a multi-year strategy, obviously, and understand volatility. And this last few years, that is, <laughs> it could not have been the best time for us to see how vulnerable we are and how equity compensation is also so vulnerable, what's happening in the market. I've seen a lot of clients earmarking equity compensation to fund retirement or second home, or I can, I can, uh, give you a few other examples, what kind of goals that obviously could not happen because a lot of the options are out of the money because uh, due to the market volatility. So always make sure that use, depending on the company where you are at, use equity compensation 
as an additional ad added on benefit and don't always consider it um, as, as the sure way how you are going to achieve your retirement or other financial goals. And this is just really nothing else but a final recap. Use current benefits and incentives to basis for negotiation. Consider the forfeit value of your current benefits, as I mentioned it to you. Take into consideration all aspects of the offer. Gather information about the company, taxes, consider them. And consult an advisor and employment attorney. I always say, um, and then again, this is based on experience. We can obviously, because we know our clients' financial situation, we can help them a lot negotiate and ask for more equity as it becomes for C-level roles. We probably become 20% of the negotiation and 80% is your employment attorney. So the, the higher the role you are applying for, the employment attorney is becoming even more important. And, and that's the pretty much same. I encourage all my clients, even on VP level and VP level roles, to review grant documents, offer letters, severance package by an employment attorney. All right. So I can see that there was a question there, actually, two of them. So, and if you have any questions, feel free to send it to me. So one of them is, yes. So so uh, we, we don't send out slides. That was one of the questions. But you will receive the recording. So you will have, in, in fact, the slides. And then there is a second question there in regards to, so my company, well, so the question is that the, com that, um, the company pretty much um, offers only RSUs, what is the reason? Um, I will say, and I'm not sure if I mentioned, majority of the companies uh, offer RSUs and not restricted stock. And the one of the reason is that there are no shares issued up front, as I mentioned, with an RSU. So there is really no bookkeeping entry and it's way less expensive for a company to do it. The other part is that restricted stock, as I mentioned to you, there is the, the, what we call the 83B election and many employees can make mistakes with that, that they pay uh, at grant for taxes and the company stock drops. And I, my guess is that provides a lot of headache for HR and for the benefits department of the company. So that's those are probably, I would say, probably the cost and this 83B election that I would know is the major reason. I also want to mention, I'm not sure if I did, that um, restricted stock really on a VPC level role when you will see that granted. So you will not see it for entry level positions, director level positions, you will not really see uh, restricted stock granted. But I myself come across uh, with RSUs mainly um, as, as it comes to RSUs, that's pretty much 80, 90%. And I can see one more question. For salary negotiations, how would I recommend determining the amount? Well, pretty much a lot of things that I said, that's a great question. Um, you need to do the research. And if you email me and you have questions on that, I can send you a few websites when you can uh, look at... Uh, look at the research for salary know the know the know the company know the industry where you are going to understand that the role you are applying for will make a difference as well and there are some really good online tools that will offer you a range for salary i will say to you i was recommended this by employment attorneys and some hr folks don't take this fully for granted this is my rec my recommendation based on what I've learned, I would always wait for the offer first to be made before I go back and start negotiating the offer. 
So according to the very smart contacts that I have, they always uh, recommend that you wait for the company to, to give you uh, an offer. You can potentially give a range, make sure that you research the industry. Again, it will def differ VP role, C-level role, the size of the company, private, public, so that all will differ. I use some, I use some online resources. I can see your name. I'm going to send you actually a link to some online resources and I'm very happy to send it to anyone else who has just sent me a, a quick email and very happy to send that. There are online resources out there where you can get yourself a, a range for salary. And it's very important just to finish this because um, the salary will actually determine, again, your 401k match. It will determine your annual target bonus um, so it's very important. And there's a second question coming in another one. How many rounds of offering are reasonable? Should it be done by phone? Um, again, great question. So I, so again, it depends. This is a really good question. I'm trying to think what's the most important because what, what I do is clients email and then we'll go back and forth. So when you receive the offer, right? That's that's where we are going from. When you are receiving the offer, what my our, my usual experience in this and and employee employment attorney involved again VPC level is that you receive the offer. Human resources in most cases will tell you what's negotiable, and um, after that we decide what is that you decide what's important for you. So you ask potentially for larger salary and more equity awards. So that's already kind of around. Then they tell you whether they accepted that or not. And if they don't accept it, then they will immediately tell you what is that that's possible on their end. Also here, one other factor that I want to mention. So private companies have way more leverage. So smaller companies, there's not no rules. Again, with the public companies, depending on the role you are applying for, there's going to be grids from what obviously salary grids that they just can't uh, go out of. So I had also here and there, again, for mainly director level roles, some unsuccessful negotiations that they were just not go too much higher on equity, but they would just probably give a bit, bit higher salary uh, salary than, than what we asked for. But I would say two to three rounds. So you, you, you sense that because they come back to you. And I think uh, human resources is, is very honest. This is what I can go for. This is what I just, we just can't push salary higher, but I can give you more equity instead. That's probably what you will see. Also, one last thing, and there's another question, I'm answering that in a minute, is, um, you know, I've seen in a job market when you are, when you have two offers to compare, that can be also very pressure. Uh, uh, you know, you need to know what company you prefer, but but basically um, what I'm seeing is there is, is in that case, Many cases you would think it takes longer, and in certain cases, um, certain cases it's, it can be actually even a shorter negotiation because one company is pressuring you because they are sending uh, sensing that the other company is also giving you giving you offers. So two to three rounds was a short answer. That was a very long answer for that. Yes, all right. I'm, 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 I've got one more request for the online salary comparison website. It's it's a resource. I will send it to. I will, I will. All right. So with that said, please feel free to reach out. Uh, again, my name is Beata Dragovic. You can go on our website, www.freedomtrailfinancial.com. You can see the QR code there. If you have questions about this or any other topic, please feel free to reach out. And 
thank you for the great questions and for listening in.